Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. Paul is on his way at the end of his third missionary journey up to the city of Jerusalem. We've been following his travels from Asia Minor down through Phoenicia. Last time we saw him in the city of Caesarea, many people warning him of the imprisonment and suffering that would happen to him if he did, in in fact, go to the city of Jerusalem. And yet Paul was resolved uh, through the Holy Spirit to visit the city and uh, was ready to encounter any suffering that would come his way as a result of that. So we are looking at Acts chapter 21 and verses 17 through 40, and we will finally get to now the city of Jerusalem and what happens when Paul visits the city. Acts chapter 21 and verses 17 through 40. When we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all of the elders were present. After greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God, and they said to him, You see, brothers, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed. They are all zealous for the law." And they have been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to, dis- to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify yourself along with them. Pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. Thus all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself also live in observance of the law. But as for the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men, and the next day he purified himself along with them and went into the temple, giving notice when the days of purification would be fulfilled and the offering presented for each one of them. When the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law and this place. Moreover, he even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then all the city was stirred up, and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple, and at once the gates were shut. And as they were seeking to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. 
He at once took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them, and when they saw the tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd were shouting one thing, some another, and as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd, for the mob of the people followed, crying out, Away with him! As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Are you not the, the Egyptian then who recently stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness? Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hand to the people, and there was a great hush and he addressed them in the Hebrew language, speaking. And uh, we will stop our reading there and trust that God will bless the reading of his word. Now, when the group arrives in Jerusalem, they were taken in by the church in that city in verse 17. Luke says that the brothers received them gladly. No doubt they were excited to hear about the spread of the gospel across the Roman Empire. They would have been eager to hear these reports from Paul's travels and, and how the good news about Jesus was making an impact around the world. The next day, Paul goes up and visits with James, who has become somewhat of the uh, presiding elder or leader in the church in Jerusalem. Now, remember, this is not James, the brother of John. Uh, he had already been put to death back in Acts chapter 12. This is actually James, the, the half-brother of Jesus, uh, the author of the, the book of James, the letter from James that we have in the New Testament. James is mentioned first as the one was Paul, Paul was going to see, then all the elders of the church as well in verse 18. Remember that James is also the one who offered a verdict during the circumcision saga that resulted in the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15. Paul greets the elders and then systematically, one by one, event by event, goes through what God had been doing among the Gentiles on his journeys. Notice the way that Luke records this. It is not Paul's doing, but God's working in him and through him for his own glory. The response of the church is to glorify God for what he had done. There is no hint of jealousy among the church as if they want to be more primary and Paul be more secondary, but there is genuine praise and thanksgiving given to God for the Gentiles turning to Christ. The elders and James respond then in verses 20 through 25 to what Paul has shared. They remind Paul of the thousands of Jews who have turned to Christ in the city of Jerusalem and that these Jews, these Jewish Christians, are zealous for the law, they say in verse 20. Then they bring up the rumors that many of these Jews had heard, namely that Paul was teaching all the Jews who were among the Gentiles in faraway lands to forsake Moses 
telling them not to circumcise their children, not to walk according to their customs. Notice the elders speak here of, of our customs, indicating that they still adhered to their traditional Jewish practices while at the same time worshiping Jesus as their Messiah. The New Testament period is really a, a transitional time period uh, where the Jews who become followers of Jesus uh, realize what they should continue doing, what they should move away from doing as far as the Old Testament practices were concerned. They then asked, what is to be done? These people will certainly hear that you have come. The leadership of the Jerusalem church knew Paul was in danger in the city of Jerusalem. So they had an idea for Paul and asked him to comply. They said, do what we say here. Four men we have under a vow. These four men were probably under some kind of a Nazarite vow here, perhaps like the one Paul had earlier practiced himself on his second missionary journey uh, while in the city of Corinth. Paul was to purify himself and then pay for the expenses of their four men, these four men so that they could fulfill their vow. This would be done very publicly in the temple courts in the presence of Jewish witnesses and would contradict those who had slandered Paul and said that he no longer obeyed the Mosaic law and did not have any regard for it. Then they reiterate that for the Gentiles, however, who believe, there was no expectation for them to hold to any of the rituals of the Mosaic Law, except for abstaining from food, sacrifice to idols, blood, what has been strangled, and sexual immorality. Paul obeys the advice of the church, takes the men, purifies himself, went into the temple, told the priests when the days of purification would be completed and the offerings presented for each of them. Paul would need to wait seven days before he was declared ceremonially clean, probably because he had visited Gentile territory. Again, he was doing this not to show that he had uh, qualms with the law of Moses, but that he, he uh, actually revered the law and certainly did not speak out against it. Paul was not bound to do any of these ceremonial things. He had been, as he will write in, in certain places in his letters, freed from the law to obey the law of the Spirit. And yet he also says he will become all things to all people, so that by all means and any means he might save some. And that's what he's doing here. He's attempting to uh, bring down the heat, so to speak, with the rumors that some have spread that he no longer has any regard for the law. Well, when the seven days were almost completed, Jews from Asia, and this is probably Jews that were maybe in the city of Ephesus, saw Paul in the temple and they stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him to arrest him. They appealed to their brothers by saying, this is the man teaching everyone everywhere against the people, the Jewish people, and the law, the law of Moses, and this place, the temple courts. 
Then they also accused him of bringing Greeks into the temple and defiling the holy place in verse 28, because they had seen Trophimus, one of Paul's traveling companions, who was from Ephesus, with Paul in the city. And so they just presumed that he, they, he had brought him into the temple. Now, the Jews had a stone fence or a barrier around the temple proper that was called the Soreg. It bore a warning in Aramaic, Greek, and Latin that no Gentiles were allowed beyond that barrier. There was a court of the Gentiles that was around the perimeter of the temple, but beyond that stone fence, no Gentiles were allowed. We actually have archaeological attestation to this fence uh, anyone who broke the law and jumped that fence could be killed instantly. And by extension, anyone who helped another break that law uh, could also be put to death. Uh, the city was stirred up here by the Jews who seized Paul in the temple courts and dragged him out of the temple itself and shut the gates to the temple. Now, he would have still been in the temple court area, but simply outside of the temple building within the center of that complex. Uh, remember, to the Jews, the temple is the most holy thing there is uh, in their practices, and a Gentile inside would have defiled it, in a way that had not been done since the time of the Seleucid rulers during the wars of the Maccabees uh, some 200 years before Christ. While the Jews were seeking to kill him, word reached the commander or tribune of a cohort of soldiers that all Jerusalem was in confusion. This is the same word, by the way, that's used in the Ephesus theater incident when the people in the city of Ephesus stir up the crowds. A tribune would have been in charge of up to a thousand soldiers, including their centurions. Centurions were over a hundred soldiers. The tribune took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them, most likely from the fortress of Antonia, which would have been at the northwestern corner of the Temple Mount platform. When the Jews saw the Roman soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. The tribune arrested Paul, bound him with chains, and asked him what was going on. Some were shouting one thing, some were shouting another thing, so the Roman commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks. He had to be carried away by the soldiers up the steps because the crowd was chanting, away with him. Now, you might think this would deter Paul from wanting to speak to the crowd, but as we will see next time, the Spirit of God gave him great courage to turn around and speak to them. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash